We're rolling. We are rolling. We are rolling. Um, we're back, and uh, we got some things to talk about. Um, for those of you who've been listening, following along, you've listened from the beginning. You heard about our marriage blow up. I said that to someone the other day, and they're like, "Blow up? What does that mean?" <laughs> um, anyway, our marriage was in a bad way. Sam had an emotional affair. Uh, you can listen to all the details at the beginning of our podcast. So today I just wanted to ask you some questions. Um, how have you stewarded your thoughts and heart after an emotional affair? One of the first things I really paid attention to was redoing some boundaries. Um, I had naturally been quite good at not communicating with people of the opposite sex, like friends, wives, and stuff like that. There's a lot of phone numbers in my phone that aren't saved under anything because I just, if I ever need to talk to anyone, it's usually the husband. Um, But then obviously over time, some of those boundaries slowly have eroded to get me to this point. And so I readdressed a lot of those boundaries and realized that time spent equals connection. And so removed myself. It was fairly drastic, but I was in a fight or flight mode that was, I'm fighting for my marriage and I want to save my marriage. And so I have to be quite radical. So I stripped back a lot of my connections with people of the opposite sex. Um, I was, people would probably have said I was maybe unfriendly or um, not very chatty from the outside. But that was just me not trying to engage. Right. Which I guess could be unfriendly. I remember one of my friends actually, and she's single, and she said to me like, oh, it seems like your husband doesn't really like me. And uh, in my head I was thinking, well, you know, from what our marriage has been through, He's probably just guarded. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of guard in this. Um, but I guess it's a realignment of priorities. Right. Why do I need to hang out with women? Right. Sometimes it's necessary in a work context or whatever, but it's limiting the limiting to only the necessary. Right. That's what I basically did with my boundaries. If it was necessary to interact with someone from the opposite sex, fine. If it wasn't necessary, I probably wouldn't have done it. I I have eased off, obviously, a little bit as I've realized um, that a lot of our dysfunction came out of a place of... um, not being emotionally... Connected. With me. Not being emotionally, spiritually, and probably physically stable. Right. So when one of the three are out, you can manifest in funny ways. And our marriage was out of whack. Our emotional capacity in our marriage was out of whack. and It caused a weakness. And I filled that gap. Um... And so because I'm now hyper aware of it, I 
and look to only fill it with you. Right. But I would say in hindsight, I, I didn't fully recognize that before. Mm-hmm. But being on the other side of it now, I, ha- I can see more of the telltale signs. And so because I'm seeing more of those telltale signs, I'm more guarded with people from the opposite sex. Right. Because someone could say, well, that's extreme, right? And, and is Sam um, rude or not engaging because he doesn't trust himself? Or is it because he just really has no need to connect and he's just he's guarding his marriage? Because this is the thing I was asking myself, like, well, is it going to come across extreme for you to just pull back from all, you know, um, opposite sex relationships? But, I mean, wisdom is, hey, I fractured my marriage because I was um, engaging beyond friendship with someone in shared feelings and and thoughts and so I mean part of you had to be like whoa how did I get here right like how how did this friendship become something that I was then drawn to And so I can imagine in your head, you're like, whoa, I actually want my marriage. I want to fight for my wife. So I'll do whatever it takes. So this may seem aggressive, but I'm just dialing back or I'm protecting, you know, all my boundaries are up for the sake of my connection with my wife. But on the other hand, what you were saying was, you know, something was broken in our marriage that made you susceptible to going there emotionally with somebody else. So now that we've rebuilt our relationship, I would, I would say some of those walls or guardedness or boundaries have fallen away a bit because we are in a stronger place. So therefore there is a freedom to, you know, engage with my friends and, you know, in a, it's healthy. Right. And I think that there's an increased awareness when you come across someone of the opposite sex who seems like a bit needy or needs attention from men. Like, I feel like you are, you're perceptive of that because you've been to a place that you'd never wanted to go and so you've had this, you have this heightened sense wherever you are and you're on guard. And, and I feel like the Bible talks about, you know, guarding your heart and being aware of, you know, women who might come along wanting to entice men. And it's all throughout scripture. And I think that our society, if we don't have those things in check, we're not aware, okay, where am I at spiritually? Where am I at mentally, emotionally? Are my needs being met? If there's any open doors or areas that are fractured, would you say that, yeah, we're susceptible to engaging with someone else outside of our marriage? The way I envision it or explain it is if I have a broken leg, 
I don't go for a run. Right. And so, and there's even, even worse than that. If I've just broken my leg, I can barely walk. Right. And so it was like our marriage had a broken leg. Mm. We were functioning. Mm. Life was going on. We were going to work. The dishes were getting done. The kids were alive. But we had a broken leg and we were trying to run. And then something comes along and says, oh, here, I'm going to instantly fix your leg. And at that moment, you just buy into it. And you're like, yeah, this is amazing. And then you get I this. I feel better. I feel better. It's like taking a pill. That's probably a better way of putting it. It's like taking some pain relief medicine. It's yeah. like, boom, I can run again. It's not a fix. It's not a fix. Yeah. And yet in hindsight, you look back, you're like, oh, I had a broken leg. Right. Okay. I should have stepped back and taken care of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened was we got, we got punched in the face and we're like, Hey, how did I get punched in the face? Let's go and see what happened. And we dug in, we went to marriage counseling, we did the stuff. Um, we even started dating again. Like a few months later, we were back in, in California where we met and we went to the first places we had dates and first kisses and stuff like that, just to help Re- rekindle that spark mm-hmm. and um, yeah I think what happened was we, we, we have this I think what happened was we have this moment of sheer pain but we actually were willing to work on it mm-hmm. and say okay so what I did was I put all my boundaries up and then I work on us right and then over time, some of those boundaries are able to come back down. Right. Not all of them. Right. Not because I'm weak or there's an open door or anything like that, but because I actually prioritize us. Yeah. And I prioritize our connection. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm randomly speaking to women, what's the point in that? Yeah. Yeah. You, you're really good at notifying me when someone's messaged you. You're like, your phone is open game for me. Um, That's something that, like, I really appreciate. And I think that is crucial in anyone trying to heal their marriage. Like, your spouse should have access at any time that they want um, to just check in. Not, Not out of paranoia, but just knowing that, hey... Like, if we're going to rebuild this. And, and this probably goes into talking about rebuilding trust and broken trust and how to, you know, come in and guard the gates that have been raided, so to speak. You know, how do we rebuild the walls, the fortress of, of our marriage? Um, how do you feel like you steward your thoughts in regards to living normal and knowing that because we've healed the source of our pain, so to speak, in our marriage, like we addressed what was broken and we actively fixed it. So how do you now think differently about yourself and almost not look at yourself as someone who's messed up or brought a lot of shame or broke trust? Like how do you... Once you've been forgiven, how are you re- rebuilding your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think um, some of that comes in from forgiving yourself too. Right. Um, realizing that no one's perfect and your manifestation of that was unhealthy, but you're willing to do the hard work to correct that. Um, and in that process of correcting it, there is a point where you actually have to forgive yourself and say, I wasn't perfect. I've now strengthened myself in that area and I'm, and I'm good to go forward. And allowing yourself to believe that. Another thing to go along with that is when we're talking about God and our thoughts, my, my brain instantly goes to like sexualized thoughts. Now we're very specifically talking about broken trust in, in, a, in, a, in an affair scenario. And so that's a sexual scenario, even though ours was only emotional, there's always a sexual component to it because that is what it is between two sexes. Yeah. That is what those kind of relationships. There's attraction. And- right. And so the, one of the things I really go into in my brain is, well, if I'm not sexualizing everything in my head, so I'm not watching porn, I'm not lusting, I'm not doing these other things that become habitual in your brain, then I don't actually look at women of the opposite sex in that way. Right. And so going back to before our blow up, um, I hadn't watched porn in a long time, but I can definitely say that in my brain, there was, there was an erosion of healthy manhood. Mm. Godly manhood is probably a better way to put it. Right. Um, it wasn't super extreme and it wouldn't have been noticeable if we hadn't had the blowout. Right. But it was a check. It was a recheck and being like, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to build this muscle again. I need to go back in the gym, so to speak. And really honing in and being like, okay, where are my eyes? What am I looking at? What, what am I doing? And making sure that I see people I don't see objects. And I think in society today, especially with the Instagrams and the Tinders and all this other thing, we're, we're taught to see objects that can satisfy right. rather than people. Right. And satisfy any kind of need, sexual need, emotional need, all this stuff. And so one of the things that I really worked on is how do I see people? versus objects Hmm. and a lot of that language only comes in hindsight right a lot of that understanding of yourself only comes through some of these tragic moments Hmm. but it's allowing yourself to go there Mm -hmm. it's allowing yourself to ask the hard questions i've said to many people when they've asked for counseling with pornography and and other things i see them I can only ask you so deep a question because I actually don't know what goes through your brain. You can actually ask yourself the hardest questions you can ask Mm -hmm. because you know what you think about. You know what goes through your brain. And during that phase, I'm I'm naturally quite introverted and I think a lot anyway. But during that, probably two years after our blowout maybe i'm guessing at the dates but something like that i was in my head about everything 
absolutely everything. I was analyzing everything and it was painful, mm. but it was so worth it mm. because I had reprioritized my life again. I had put your and I connection right back at the top where it should have been. And because it was back at the top, everything filtered down through that. I was able to look into my brain and be like, okay, is this healthy? Is this unhealthy? Why, why was I doing this? Why, why was I craving that? Why was I doing this? Why was I thinking this way? Why was I communicating that way? What, why were we watching this movie? And I, I looked a little longer than I should have. Why was I doing these things? And analyzing everything inside of my head to, to the point that I knew that I, I was in control again. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's good. I think it's so important as humans to be aware of our needs and the places where they're not being met because anywhere there's a place where needs are not being met, there's a search for medicating and meeting that need. And I think that was a big thing um, in our marriage. And it's just when we go outside of what's healthy to meet those needs, that's what opens the door to shame and, you know, situations like we had. And it could just, it destroys people's lives. Like there's so many marriages where there could be just a simple fix but instead, it just causes so much breakdown, so much disconnect, and which ultimately ends in hurting the other person in divorce. Like, there's just no way to reconcile because there's been such a breakdown over time and a lack of awareness of what's actually going on, what needs are present, what's not being met, and what you're salivating for, mm. <laughs> essentially. I mean, you've got people walking around day to day who are looking for a cup of water, so to speak, and there's going to be plenty of people ready and willing to offer that drink, you know? So I think it's one thing to be on guard, and we've realized this now, that, you know, marriage is so important and powerful, and it deserves to be well nurtured and guarded 